boy. Here we go. Happy effing Friday. Get ready for race day tomorrow. It is going to be on and popping from Houston. Big 49 will start your coverage at 5 o'clock on Saturday night Pacific time. 5 p.m. Saturday Pacific time. We will fire up the microphones about 7 p.m. The gates will drop and we will cover racing for the first time out of our area of Southern California this season. And we'll get a good look at the 250 East guys. Now, speaking of 250 guys, the entire 250 podium is on the show today from A2, starting with uh, Jet Lawrence coming up in a little bit. And the Jet Lawrence interview is good. That dude is personality plus, and he is the biggest rising star in the sport. He really, really is. And we'll talk to him about that. And we'll talk to him about the the pros and cons. In the interview, you will hear the pros and cons of him being, you know, the magnifying glass really being on him as the face of motocross, supercross moving forward. It really is going to be there. So we talked to Jet. We have a great interview with him. We have it coming up next. And then I'll rerun that at the end of the show, top of the 11 a.m. hour. You'll get that one again. And then in between, we will talk to Styles Robertson who is on that star racing Yamaha team who got on the podium in Anaheim and his teammate who got the overall win in Anaheim and that is Levi Kitchen. So a lot of good 250 stuff coming up on the show today, the entire podium, but it's going to go number two, number three, number one, number two. That's how it's going to work out. Got all those interviews stacked up for you as we get ready on what, what I always call Supercross Eve here, a Friday on a big 4-9. Now, outside of that, i got a crap load of things to talk about. Also, in the Moto Minutes, bottom of the hour, every hour, we'll give you Moto Minutes. And in those Moto Minutes, news update you on what's going on. And there's a lot of activity from the Star Racing Yamaha team announced yesterday. A lot of activity. We're going to get into that. There's some exciting stuff coming from those guys. And then I've got regular stories, too, that are not Moto. Like, i got a story... And I'm assuming it's released by the U.S. government. And it is the biggest load of crap I have ever seen in my life. I do not buy it for one second. And I'm trying to decide if this is a bait and switch on UFOs. Because remember, they're supposed to be releasing info on UFOs. And everything ends up being a Chinese drone, a spy balloon, or something like that. Well, this story is right up that alley. And it is weird to me. It's in the thick of all of this UFO discovery crap that they are supposed to be coming clean on. I say BS on this story. Absolute BS. And I have a follow-up story to it. Everything is the dirty commie pinko Chinese. Everything. And don't get me wrong, I'm no fan of the dirty pinko Chinese commie bastards that spread the Wu flu to the world. Unless that was the United States government that blamed it on the pinko Chinese commie bastards. And I'm not sure, I can tell you right now, I can sit here assuredly and say, I'm not sure. But I know that our government lies to us, and I am not a damn conspiracy theorist. It's just, uh, well, I'll point it out. I'll get to this, and we'll talk about it after we talk to Jet. There's a lot of interesting stuff out there. I have a good story today. I always talk about crap and awfulness in the world, and I got a good story with a good lady, and she needs help, and you can help her, and we will uh, get into that. Then I have a story, if you are a dude, that shows you that the, it's not really justice, but it is the legal system, is broken, broken, broken. 
and it is slanted so far against people that have penises and balls. That, oh, by the way, no, let me rephrase that. It is slanted so far against people that have balls and penises who still claim to be men, because there's a lot of people that have balls and penises that aren't men anymore. Apparently, they are women, and the system isn't slanted at them, no, because they can get out of this story I'm about to tell you in two seconds and say, oh, no, I'm a woman, and they would be, oh, okay, sorry. But if you're a man, a man with a dick, this story should piss you off. So we're going to talk about this. It, it pisses me off. And, I, and I'm not of age for this to happen to me, but it, it'll still, it, it'll irk you. I'll tell you that one. Ah, and then I got uh, all kinds of other crap going on. I got an idiot American that went to Moscow, and I think America's hoping they, they're in jail and they stay in jail. I don't think they're even going to try to get them out. We got that and a whole lot more. It's the Stretch Show on the Big 4-9. Coming up, Mr. Jet Lawrence, HRC Honda, next. Every Saturday at noon on Big 49, there are assembled the four greatest superheroes of motocross. Super Stretch, with the power of talking smack about everyone, especially short people. Jason, from HYR, a man more evil than the devil himself, yet is still the nicest guy in the room. Moto Man, who was once called the biggest a-hole in the motocross industry by Kenny Roxon. And special needs Kyle, whose ability to place odds on everything moto would impress even the Rain Man. Their mission, to fight injustice in the moto community, to make people laugh, and more than anything, bust each other's balls. Saturdays at noon only on Big 49. Big 49, it is stretch, and now it is time to sit down with a guy that's got, I, sitting here in second place, I got to think is a little bit of a disappointment for him this evening. I'm talking about your red plate holder in the 250 West, Mr. Jet Lawrence from the HRC Honda team. Now, Jet, you still got a firm grasp on that 250 West title and the red plate, but I uh, didn't get the overall win tonight. The Triple Crowns continue to be a problem for you as a rider. So walk us through. Just walk us through all three of these main events tonight. Let us know uh, what happened out there. Um, yeah, no, I think uh, the first main, I didn't have a, have a bad start. I think okay. I was third or fourth yeah. around there. And I think it was, uh, I think I was third because I had Levi and, and then obviously RJ. And, uh, yeah, you were. I mean, I felt good. The, the guys were going pretty fast because track's pretty smooth. So we were all, uh, we're all going Mac 10 everywhere. <laughs> and, uh, end up getting, getting, oh no, I think it was Styles actually. Styles in front of me. <laughs> and I got, Styles and I was able to get uh, Levi in the same spot. Then was going to go after RJ. And I just caught him, and uh, that little dragon's back surprising kind of it washed a little bit, and I was wasn't too phased. But it ended up biting me and kind of ejecting me up the up the dragon's back, which was a little kind of uh, was surprised with that. Then yeah. the second one just not a good good start again. I kind of went was leaning a little bit on RJ and got tangled up, and McAdoo got a really good start, so got closed out there. And was was okay, and then I followed Styles around that uh, right hand at the very end of that yeah. first long rhythm, and came out, and he got out okay, and then I was following him, and then someone was decided still to make it a 90 degree and going straight, so I got <laughs> I got messed up, and I ended up getting a fork leg yeah. to the to the sphincter, so that wasn't nice, and um, and then from there it was just kind of making uh we tried to get him back to the up with the pack and yeah. I had to roll the double for the finish line twice as two guys went down right in front of me so we were like yeah okay this is 
where we're at right now. So um, yeah, we were uh, we were at an all-time low there. We uh, <laughs> we just we didn't top the ball. We yeah. missed it by a lot. So uh, yeah, that one uh, was definitely a wild one. And I mean, third time was a charm. Luckily, with a start, yeah. and was able to kind of just be out of carnage for once. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jet, uh, tell us what happens after you have a, a main like that first one. You got to think that there's a chance like you, you're going to not get the win tonight and you've been on a roll with the wins. Does the team step in and kind of mellow you out at that point, kind of calm you down, uh, motivate you to get back out there and to do better? Like what happens at that point? And I know uh, on top of having a really bad start to the night, this was a big night for you in the sense of you are now like the, the poster child for a, a new sponsor, and it was a big deal for these guys to come into motocross. I'm talking about the uh, anti-social uh, social club and, and the gear you're wearing tonight, but that was a big deal because they picked you. You're like the shining bright star in Supercross, and then you come out and kind of lay an egg in, in that uh, first race. So how, how does that work, and what does the team do, and how do you guys get you know everything back together to end up with some really solid results on the night? Um, I think the the biggest thing with that team is <clears throat> they uh we all believe that we're we have a really good bike underneath us and kind yeah. of just just feel good all as one and, and I mean this <laughs> today today the team was a lot calmer than I was with some things so they were they were really good uh with throughout the whole day and kind of coming in and those guys keep me humble they give me so much <laughs> crap through, throughout yeah. the day so they kind of make sure I get knocked down and stay grounded so it's a uh, it's good I think it's just a good just a good family around us at the team that just kind of makes the days a lot go through a lot easier not yeah. not uh not coming in at a race and making it such a big thing where the race yeah off the bike is already kind of like making you already stressed out so the team kind of helps a lot with just keeping it calm fun just calm cool collective all right I, and and tell me a little bit more about that uh gear you're wearing and about the the thing that got put together with the uh anti-social club because that that's a cool deal and and they picked you you're obviously aware you're the bright shining star up and comer in the entire sport so that had to be quite the honor so uh tell us about about your uh, get up tonight that you're wearing and the new sponsor that you've brought into moto for the first time ever tonight um no it was i was super pumped when i kind yeah. of a few weeks ahead i ended up finding out we had a kit for uh for A2 with uh, Anti-Social Club and, yeah. and I've seen them for a while, kind of like a street brand with, with Supreme and that stuff and I was so excited and I ended up seeing the, the gear on Wednesday and I was so pumped for it uh, yeah. and I think that was like one of the great things with, with A-Star, they're very open to try stuff like that, they're okay kind of doing that stuff where we have other kind of collabs yeah. where I feel like a lot of other gear brands wouldn't wouldn't do that, they still want their this logo in the middle where they're okay moving it around a bit, making something different happen so yeah. I was uh, I was super pumped. I mean, every gear I felt like today looked awesome. A started great, uh, yeah. and and even anti-social. They, they were awesome. Got to shoot some cool stuff with those guys. And that other, it was their first Supercross race, so it was cool to have them out here and, and those lads. So I mean, yeah. it was it was an all cool experience. Hopefully, we can do some more like this with some other other brands out there just to kind of bring more of them into uh, motocross. Yeah, and that's super cool. And now, here's another thing that comes to that. I mentioned before, it was kind of a setup here, Jet. Uh, I mentioned before that you, you are the rising star of motocross and they want to, you know, put the new sponsors with you and bring new things to the entire sport. And that's such a, a great deal for you to, to be able to do that. 
But at the same time, with being that, there's a lot of attention and the media wants to get directly at you as well. There was a point tonight coming after that first uh, first main event when you ended up in third place, and yet they grabbed you as soon as you got off and they wanted to interview on the interview you on the camera, and you seemed like a little uh, annoyed at that. You seemed like you did not want to be on camera at that point. Now, is it? Do you feel that 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 comes with that responsibility being the shining young star in the sport, or do you feel like you know maybe they should have been talking to you at that point? Like, what was it that made you kind of agitated at the end of that first race? I just thought it was dumb. I got third and I got interviewed. So I mean, when you get first, get interviewed, that's great. When you get third place, it's time to go back to the truck with those ones. So yeah. I just I just generally I kind of disagreed with the with the interview. I mean, I feel like yeah. it's it's kind of unfair for the other riders because I mean obviously every race is a third place the guy gets third place and obviously yeah. they don't get interviewed with those triple crowns yeah so oh Phil did yeah it was filthy Phil yeah he got third oh, yeah he got interviewed no he didn't oh uh, yeah yeah Phil should have got interviewed that would be fun <laughs> uh, so yeah like I mean I think it's just it's just unfair for the other riders and I yeah. think it's just kind of dumb I, I get it I have red play and that stuff but at this at the same point in time I think if they keep like shoving my name down everyone's throat, that's yeah. going to turn and start hating me. So I mean, <laughs> I think they need to be more fair with that and, and kind of this whoever wins the race gets interviewed with those stuff yeah. with triple crowns and kind of leave it at that. I feel like it's just unnecessary for me to get interviewed. I was I was I was okay with with my race, but it yeah. sucked. But I mean, I was fine. But then I heard I got interviewed, so then words came out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they did. All right, Jet. Uh, Appreciate the honesty right there on the answer. Uh, let's talk about this. You got a break coming up. You got the red plate. You're going to take a little rest, a little relaxation, and then get back with it in Oakland coming up here in a couple of weeks. So what are you going to do? What's on the docket for you as the red plate holder for the 250 West going into this downtime? I know I could speak for Levi and I. I think we're just going to focus on our golf a lot. Uh, I know Styles golf, but yeah. if he does, probably most likely this. Yeah. Um, just to take our mind, let the East boys battle out. It's our time yeah. to kind of put our feet up for a bit, have a uh, rethink our decisions, um, yeah. especially me. Uh, and then, yeah, come to Oakland, maybe we're packing some heat just to see how it is to stay safe there. <laughs> and, uh, and, and see how it goes. <laughs> oh, man. Jet, uh, you have no idea how on point that answer is. Ah, just yesterday I was talking about Oakland on the show. Uh, can't wait to uh, see you show up in Oakland, uh, ready to ride with heavy security at the HRC Honda tent. And uh, we'll see you there, man. Congratulations on getting on the box tonight. I know still not your best effort, but still solid. And you still got the red plate and are looking great. So we will see you in Oakland. Best of luck to you in the next couple of weeks. And uh, <laughs> I'll talk to you then. I'm Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big, big, big. big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Tomorrow the Supercross is back, and this time it's coming to you from Houston, Texas, and it's the debut of the 250 East. Going to see a whole lot of riders we have not seen this season 
getting out there on the track and going for it. Can't wait to see that. And if you want to listen to all the coverage or you're not near your television, you can go to Big 49. We will kick it off about 5 p.m. with the pre-race stuff, all with myself, Moto Man, Jason from Honda Yamaha Redlands. And then after the gate drops a little after 7 p.m., we'll give you updates after every single race. And then a big post-race wrap-up to put a big bow on it. So all that right here on a Big 49, your Supercross station. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, I am Stretch, and there is hogwash in the air, I will tell you. Hogwash, I'm calling BS malarkey, if you will, on this story I'm about to tell you because it was just suspiciously out there all over the internet yesterday, and there was even a photo accompanying it. And the whole thing reeks of just high heaven to BS. It just smells like bullcrap to me. And it, it's, ah, oh, I have to think if this story has got a grain of truth, it's the U.S. government has done this, and they're trying to blame it on the Chinese. And I, and I think it's to spin everybody on the UFO thing is my theory. I got a theory here. I'd love to know what yours are. You can always call us 866-49-BIG-49. Uh, here's what we got. There's, I'm looking at a picture of it, and it says a large Chinese reconnaissance balloon has been followed uh, by our government as it makes its way across America. A spy balloon flying right over. And they found it over Montana yesterday is when they caught it and took pictures of it. And they immediately said, uh, uh-oh. By the way, you don't know, is it a college? Is it an experiment? Like, what is it? So the fact that they immediately say, oh, no, it's a Chinese spy balloon. And then they contact the White House, according to the story. And the president ultimately decided against military options, which means a U.S. fighter jet shooting that bitch out of the sky because of the risk to civilians. Bull crap. It's over Montana. You could unleash a thousand balloons shot down over Montana and they're not going to hit a civilian. I promise you. I promise you. They're not going to hit a civilian or a house or anything. They're not going to hit anything. So this is just utter BS. Don't BS me. You can't shoot down a spy balloon. What if that balloon had a bomb on it? What if that balloon's just slowly floating its way over to Washington and then it's going to crash itself? Like, you would have to shoot it down, and especially over Montana, where there isn't anything for it to fall on. It might hit a wild buffalo. Just suck it. This is BS. They say the high-altitude reconnaissance balloon is not the first such vessel to pass over the country in this way, according to a defense briefing. A separate senior official told ABC News that the balloon is the size of three buses and complete with a technology bay. Now... Hey, remember we were all talking about the spy drones that were buzzing the U.S. warships? Well, here we go. Here's something to think about. You got a big-ass balloon with a, quote, technology bay. Could that not open and drones couldn't fly out of there and buzz U.S. warships? Oh, yeah, it could. So, as that's our story on the UFOs, why don't we shoot that thing down and see if it's got drones on it? What's to keep those drones from coming down and spying on U.S. military installations as it blows over the United States un, uh, unencumbered by the U.S. government? We've got things that could bring that balloon down. Uh, it's called uh, 
airplanes with guns and they shoot it and it pops and it falls and then we recover it and find out what's on the US or the Chinese spy balloon. My problem is I don't think it's a Chinese spy balloon. You mean to tell me these a-holes just floated a balloon up and it perfectly went right across the United States and we didn't discover it until it was over Montana? Suck my balls! If that's the case, everyone in the U.S. military should be fired for being utterly incompetent. You bastards better know when something the size of three school buses is just floating across the top of our frickin' homes and could be armed with God knows what. And it's coming from probably one of the most hostile governments in the world. This story is BS, 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 and it reeks of BS, and my breath stinks from telling you this story because it's so full of crap. And I'm seeing it all over the news, and it's bull crap. There's no way the Chinese just floated a balloon up and it happened to come perfectly across America, and it's got a technology bay, and it's not safe to shoot it down, says our senile president. Yeah. NORAD says they're keeping a close track and monitoring it closely. While the balloon's purpose remains unclear, outside one expert says it is essentially scientific and set off course. So they're saying that it was possibly not a spy balloon, that this possibly is something China sent up, just happens to be floating over us, and we just, oh, look, there's a Chinese balloon flying over with a bunch of technology on it. That's fine. It was probably a lab experiment gone wrong. Yeah, eat a bowl of dicks. That's what I got to say about this story. A giant bowl of dicks. Uh, uh, They talked to a retired colonel who says, yeah, the balloon appears to be a standard research vessel, which uh, would mean it's unpowered and it drifted in the jet stream from China right over the United States. And it's just getting a spy on us and we're just watching it. We're not doing anything about it. They say once they discovered it on Thursday over Montana. Do you know where Montana is? Nowhere near the effing coast. If this thing made it to Montana, that means when it came across Idaho, Washington, how many states did you come across before you got to Montana? Northern California, Oregon maybe? I don't know. I don't know what the path was. This thing floated right across those states and no one noticed it? Oh, we noticed it over Montana and we sent the F-22s up. President Biden was briefed about the balloon and asked for military options. The president agreed with the recommendation of the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, who said, oh, no, no, no. We can't take any kinetic action due to the risk of safety and security of the people on the ground. Yeah, from a debris field. Suck it! It's a balloon! And it's over Montana. It's already flew over the populated areas. Shoot it down. Oh, it's over Montana, and there's nobody there. You know what the population of Montana is? The entire state has a less of a population than a small fraction of Los Angeles. The entire state. Shoot it effing down, you lying bastards. My God, am I pissed. This story is just crap on top of crap on top of crap. Currently, we assess that this balloon has limited additive value as an intelligence collection perspective. And we'd know if we shot it down and recovered it, if it was really a Chinese balloon and not something we stuck up there and said is a Chinese balloon. Oh boy, the FAA had to stop planes in Billings, Montana on Wednesday, knowing that the balloon was up there. They want to fly, you know, a military jet into it. All the more reason to shoot it down. I feel safer with that thing being shot down, falling into a cornfield, than I do with it being flown into by a passenger jet. Shoot it down. Hey, a-holes, shoot it down. If it's really Chinese, shoot it down. Oh my God, I'm pissed. All right, well, I'm tired of this, and I think this has everything to do with 
disinformation by the United States government to confuse the issue of the UFOs over the military ships at sea and UFOs in general. And they're proving their case. Like, see, it's a Chinese weather balloon, like we said, just like Roswell. They're drones. Uh, It's military drones. It's drones inside a weather balloon. It's the perfect cover. Eat me. And if you believe this story, you're stupid. I'm stretched. I mean, if you buy the government's version of this story, you're stupid. The story's real, but it's real how I'm giving it to you. It's the Big 49. Coming up next, let's get back to Moto. Calm me down. I can do Moto well. I'm going to go to the kitchen. We're going to talk to Levi. God, I sound like Moto Man. See what he's cooking up. Do that next on Big 49. Man Entertainment Report. I guess it's kind of lucky for Cincinnati they didn't make the Super Bowl because, well, Joe Mixon's probably going to be in legal troubles and wouldn't be able to play if they did. That's because he was in a club in Cincinnati over the weekend and a woman did something to him, at which point she says he pointed a gun at her and said, you should be popped in the face. She then went and filed a police report. There is a warrant out for his arrest. We'll see if he surrenders or what happens, but Joe Mixon is in trouble in Cincinnati. If you didn't know this, that stupid groundhog, Sukasani Phil, came out of the hole yesterday, and that little sucker didn't see his shadow, so that means we got six more weeks of winter. Suck it, Sukasani Phil. All right, rumors are flying that almost 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers is up on the trading block after Green Bay kind of sucked last year, and he's making a ton of money, so they've never given the guy the weapons that he probably wants out, and they probably want rid of him. And right now, it looks like... The Raiders or the 49ers are where he may go. Remember, he's got roots in the Bay Area, having played college ball up there. But the Raiders are after him, and Devontae Adams went on social media openly recruiting him to try to get him. And at this point, Rodgers is mum on the whole deal. And when people ask him, he just kind of smirks and says he's not getting traded, which means he's getting traded. The Man Entertainment with Stretch. Big 49, it is Stretch, and right now we are sitting down with the winner of A2 in the 250 class for a triple crown. Nonetheless, to not only the winner of a triple crown, but his first ever overall win on a 250 in the Pro Supercross circuit, and that is Mr. Levi Kitchen from the Star Racing Yamaha crew. Eli, how great does it feel to get this win, you know, and finally get something really going for the 250s over at Star Racing Yamaha? Yeah, it's uh, it's huge for me and and obviously the team. You know, yeah. Me and Styles have started out with maybe not the best results in these first two rounds, but um, just to turn around, especially for me after having a pretty big get off last weekend on the start, and yeah. uh, even this morning, I mean, it was kind of a shit show for me. I crashed <laughs> hard in two practices, and um, just to bounce back. <laughs> After that, I guess, was really good. Yeah, and that was a big get-off, man, in San Diego that you had right at the start of that main event. That was freaking crazy. And now to see you just come right back and get the win tonight is a huge deal. And let's talk about your path into the Supercross. Uh, Levi Kitchen, not a ton of people uh, knew about you coming up because you're not one of the phenom kids that we've known since, you know, you were five years old. You kind of really got a late start into this whole game. So what's it like to come in and then really shoot up rather quickly once you got, you know, your roots really in, into the industry and on this Star Racing Yamaha team? Um. Yeah, I mean it's it's been good. It, it definitely, okay. you know, I've been hurt a few times, which I think yeah, kind of starting to learn. I feel like you just, 
you know, it's just a given. You're gonna if you're trying to learn that pace that these guys are going. I mean, it's just <laughs> yeah. a matter of time. So um, it was definitely a, a big step. And and even as an amateur, I didn't really ride much Supercross at all. Okay. So yeah, those the first year for me um, was definitely definitely tough. But uh, yeah, I feel like I'm I'm learning every weekend, and, and you know, I just plan to get better. <laughs> Getting better. Top of the step is a is a good place uh, to, uh, to get to, and you've done it really quickly. So, congratulations to you on that one. But Levi, tell me about tonight. Let's talk about this. Not a great start tonight. Uh, you, you didn't have a great uh, first main event. Then you came out afterwards and started looking really good. So, kind of uh, walk us through that. Yeah, that was that was weird. Especially, I mean, to be honest, after the first main, um, I, it was a little disheartening seeing like, you know, I mean. Jet pretty much blew my doors off, and then Pierce, same thing. So it was it was definitely tough for me, but I'm just not used to that intensity. When the track's smooth like that, man, those guys, they're going really fast. And uh, so after that one, I, it was kind of a weird feeling. And then to get second in the second one, um, I was just lucky to be alive. I don't know if they got it, but I, I framed the Supercross triple, and both my hands came off. And then uh, – Regrouped, ended up second, and then into the set or the last one. Yeah, Swanee was kind of telling us before it, you know, like what I need to get and stuff. And I'm proud of myself for not really letting it get to me. Uh, all I knew was I just needed to nail the start, and I did. And then yeah. kind of just cruised behind Jed, and yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was good. So. Uh, were you pretty nervous at that point? Wants to tell you, hey man, you, you can get the win here going into this third main event. Did that make you nervous? Not, not until um, no, not really. And then like lap four, uh, that back yeah. rhythm where Tomac crashed, yeah. uh, I almost landed off the t- or off the track on the four, and then <laughs> that was when the nerve set in. I would say, All and right. it probably showed my riding. I, r- I really just started being extra safe. So yeah. All right, uh, let's talk about the team here. Was there pressure coming from the team to get up on the podium, start having better results? You've been on the team this your second season, so uh, what were you feeling from the team as far as pressure-wise to get on the box? Um, yeah, there was definitely some pressure, but the okay. team also seen at San Diego I was going in the right direction. Um, yeah. You know, just I was finally a little more relaxed. Anaheim, I was very nervous and was okay. struggling a lot, so – um, there wasn't too much pressure. It was, you know, they were happy with how I was riding in San Diego, and obviously yeah. I messed up on the start. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. Styled. and uh, you know, that one didn't work out so well. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't say there was that much pressure, to be honest. So going into the day, I just tried to be relaxed and ride like myself. All right, and uh, how's it working? Uh, your team owner, he's a pretty – a direct guy I, I would say and I know he's got an interesting way of motivating his riders like h- how does that work out for you well he's hard to read because you don't know if he's like really trying to get under your skin or if he's joking <laughs> um, so it gets to me pretty bad I'm trying to learn him as, as much as I can but yeah I don't know he's always got something to say that's for yeah, sure. like that guy that owns a big 49 he's kind of a jerk I'll tell you that uh, Levi let's talk about this uh, it was really cool when you got the win to see two of the 450 riders that I remember coming out to you and like celebrating with you uh, was Christian Craig and I know Colt Nichols came up to you as well and I know they're both former teammates but it it's just shows uh, that you're a good dude and they're good dudes and I really liked seeing that. Uh, talk about that a little bit if you will. Yeah, it was it was unreal. Um, you know, I've been around Colt, I've been around Christian and yeah. The cool thing, like Christian, he gave me a hug after I won a moto at Thunder Valley, and it was just kind of nice. cool. He was like there again. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, just seeing everybody and, you know, 
we all race each other hard on the track and and even you know jet and styles like afterwards yeah. like it's cool i think everybody up here at least gets along pretty well and um yeah it's a good feeling all right uh levi i gotta tell you it just was a great night it was fun to see you get that first overall win congratulations to you can't wait to see you build on the momentum uh moving forward in this season and in your career but uh now you kind of get the momentum and then you get the rug yanked out from under you because we don't have any races for a little while everybody's going to houston and the 250 east will fire up their season so what are you gonna do now we got some downtime we got some off time what are you going to do during this this break that we got going on? Yeah, just going to relax, yeah. and I'll probably go fishing. Oh, Malcolm. <laughs> and I'll probably golf, too. I've been playing some pretty yeah. damn good golf, so, yeah. Yeah, there you go. I just saw Jet's eyes light up. Watch out. He's a golf shark. He's going to try to get you out on the golf course and, and, and steal some money from you, so be careful with that prize money that you get tonight. Uh, Levi Kitchen, Star Racing Yamaha, congratulations on your first Supercross win on a great night. Congratulations to the team, too, Star Racing Yamaha. You guys, not only get you on top of the box tonight, but you get Styles Robertson coming up in third, so two Star Racing riders on the podium. Has to be a great night for everybody in that truck. Hopefully your owner will be satisfied with those results for the evening, but now you know that's going to be expected moving forward. Uh, good luck on your time off. Have some uh, great time. Get some relaxation, and we will see you again in Oakland. I am Stretch. This is the Big 49. You're home of moto rock extreme big big, big big the big 49 moto minute brought to you by lbz some more news out of that star racing yamaha camp the good news is eli tomac is not hurt and will be racing and defending that red plate in houston tomorrow night that's very very good news for them but also besides the announcement of danger boy deegan making his pro debut they tell us that Nick Romano is still training and is going to be joining the rest of the 250 East team very, very soon. But another guy making his big boy debut is Justin Cooper. He's going to be on a 450 this weekend at the Supercross, and he's going to race a few rounds here and there because they initially had signed him to a outdoor-only contract. I think that's because they thought Eli's going to retire after the Supercross season, and then they would just add Justin Cooper, who's a hell of a rider, to be the outdoor guy and now it looks like I don't know what's going to happen, but Justin Cooper's going to be racing on a 450 at the Supercross this weekend in Houston, and I can't wait to see it. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It is a Stretch show on a Friday morning. It is Supercross Eve. We are getting back to the racing this weekend in Houston. 250 East are going to go. Uh, you'll hear it on a Moto Minute today, but aboard a 250 East, Besides their regular crew, is going to be Danger Boy Deegan after coming out here and racing at A2 last weekend without spectacular results. I think a sixth place finish out overall, a pretty nasty spill. They decided pro debut. Here it is. He raced in the Futures last week and didn't win the Futures. Came in a sixth place in the Futures. And now they're like, yeah, he's ready. And they're putting him out with the 250E squad and he will make his pro debut tomorrow night in Houston. Danger Boy Deegan. Big deal. I've been really uh, uh, liking the way they've just paced that kid, not going too soon. And now here we are, bam, up, ready for the pros. Well, he's 16 years old. And uh, he's going to make that pro debut in Houston this weekend. So best of luck to him. Also uh, making his debut on the 450s is Justin Cooper. Remember, he got screwed when they changed the rules this year 
about a point out because it wasn't a point out anymore. It's about winning championships. He'd already done that, and voila, ineligible for the 250s. So they had to move up to 450s where he was going to race the outdoor season, thinking that Eli Tomac was not going to race the outdoor season. And now they're going to let him run some races in the 450 class. And apparently that starts this weekend in Houston as he you know, wants to stay racing and tuned up as he starts to get ready for the outdoor season where he will make a full season run on a 450. Justin Cooper's a fast dude. Part of that uh, Motocross of Nations gold medal winning U.S. team last year. He was on a 250, granted. But that's coming. All right, let me tell you a story now. This is a good story, and it makes me happy because I always rant about awfulness and tell you everything wrong with the world. And this one comes out of White Lake Township in Michigan, and there is a lady, and her name is Diane Gordon, and she is a grandmother, and she apparently is not a wealthy woman. In fact, we know she's not a wealthy woman because said over a year ago, her car broke down, and she doesn't have the money to fix it, so she now walks exactly 2.7 miles to work every day. And do you know how cold it is in Michigan at this time of year? 2.7 miles in the snow. That's like the old school, how I, your parents used to tell you how they got to school, barefoot, walking backwards over glass and snow. Yeah, well, uh, Miss Gordon was walking her 2.7 miles to work, and I guess she gets to a little gas station. You know, gas stations have coffee and snacks and so she always stops in there along her route every day and gets her snack and as she was walking through the gas station she said she noticed like a plastic bag and she looked at it and thought that's weird and looked and it was filled with money she picked it up and it had a bunch of cards in it and a bunch of money and she said a lot of money it had a lot of money in it so miss gordon Remember this lady. This is a grandma who says she can't visit her grandkids because her car's broke and she has to walk to work for a year now. It's a lady that needs money. She finds a bag of money. And she does the immediate thing of whipping her cell phone out and calling the police. And the police come and the police then take this and they start looking into it and they realize it has $15,000 in cash in this plastic bag. This lady found $15,000 in a plastic bag on the ground at a gas station. She called the police and handed it over. She said it's not hers. It wouldn't be right to keep it. It's a lady that needs $15,000. Could have changed her life. And it's a grandma, by the way. So the police then looked. They noticed the cards. It's They're addressed to a couple. And all of this cash appears to be wedding money. So there had been a wedding in the town that day of a couple, and they were on their way out to their honeymoon at some point, stopped to get gas, and the bag fell out of the car, and they lost $15,000. The police tracked down the couple, they returned the money, and the happy couple starting their life with the 15 grand. That's a lot of money to lose as a new couple. You know, it's weird with, uh, I know that I had a really big wedding. I can tell you, we got a bunch of cash, and I never saw a penny of it, ever, ever. My wife put it into some bank account that, that in my eyes, no longer exists that I've never seen. I don't even know where it is. I've been married for 20 years. I've never seen a penny of that money. This Someone at this wedding party lost it at a gas station. About to say, I lost mine. Apparently, at the wedding, I lost mine. I never saw it again. I wonder what ever happened to that money. I mean, I didn't have $15,000 worth, but there were thousands and thousands of dollars. I probably was close to about ten grand. 
on the one I had. Yeah, now I'm starting to wonder, where'd that money go? I like toasters and things better because they're in my house and I use them. And I got to actually enjoy them. Money is hidden into the vault of my wife that is never seen by anyone ever again. Oh no, this is for saving. Oh no, this is for saving. And it goes away and then you never see it again. Yeah, well. Uh, by the way, the police department in uh, this town has decided, uh, White Lake Township Police, they set up a GoFundMe for Miss Diane Gordon, the grandmother who found the money and turned it in because she's so honest, and they're hoping to raise enough money to maybe get her car fixed. So you can look this up. Her name is Diane Gordon, and it is set up by the, uh, what you call it, Township, White Lake Township Police Department. They set it up. So if you want to help her, help her out. This is a good, honest lady that really could have used the money. And so shout out to her. We need more people like her in this world. And I'm glad the police are doing the right thing in the situation too because the cops also get a bad rap because you only hear about the police when it's bad and they're doing something good here. So this story is warm and fuzzy all over and I like it. All right, coming up next, gonna get back to moto is what I'm gonna do. You know what we're gonna talk to now? We're gonna talk to Mr. Styles Robertson. He is also aboard a star racing Yamaha. Got his first podium of the year, his first podium of his Supercross career. No, he had one uh, when he was riding for Husky. He had one podium. So, first one, though, on the Star Racing Yamaha. And we'll talk to him about it next. Styles out of Bakersfield, California. Shout out to the 08ers. I'm Stretch. It's the Big 4-9. At the Big 49, we just got some new phone lines at 866-49-BIG-49. And you can call us anytime. But nobody wants to talk to a sausage fest. So we got these 976 phone tramps to tell you how to call. Ride it while it's still hot. If that's how you like it, call me. We love to ride, don't you? Jump into the fast lane now. Call me. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. So call me now. 866-492-4449. We're waiting to party with you. No phone sluts were harmed in the making of this commercial. <laughs> Big 49, it is stretching right now. We are sitting down with a young man from Star Racing Yamaha who got on the box tonight with a third place overall. I am talking about Styles Robertson, straight out of Bakersfield, California, getting up on the box. Now, Styles, you started the main event number one tonight with a sixth place. Now, that's a solid finish, but typically you don't look at that and be like, cool, I'm getting on the box tonight after, you know, three rounds. It's going to be an uphill battle finishing sixth and then trying to get onto the podium. So then you come back and you get the win in the next race. So you're like, oh, damn, you're looking good now. And what kind of a confidence boost is that for you? You go through, you get sixth, and then you bam all the way up to the first place in the second main event. Like, you know, how how big of a boost was that for you to the old confidence to make you realize I can get on the box tonight? Yeah, I guess it uh, definitely boosted confidence, and I think just the whole team morale. Uh, yeah. We were kind of struggling, and uh, everybody was making sure to let us know. And uh, <laughs> I think you know, just me and, and Levi being on the box, and you know, yeah. Dax, Dax winning the futures. It's it's really good just for all of us. Um, you know, we we've been working really hard at the farm with everybody, and. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think from now on it should you know just keep training in this direction. I hope um, you know obviously it goes east coast, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited um, for Oakland already. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I just need to get a little bit better, and uh, we'll we'll 
We'll be better. Yeah. All right. And talk about being better. Like, how, what do you do after you go in sixth in that first one? Then you come back and win the second one. Like, what goes on between those two main events that, that makes you just get that dialed in and come back and win it? Was there some motivation there? Or what was it that really got you going for that second main event? Yeah, I got back to my uh, lounger and I just stared at the wall. <laughs> um, I did not ride good whatsoever. Um, I literally wasn't even jumping jumps. And uh, Swanee and, and Jensen came in and gave me a little pep talk and kind of asked what I was doing. And I honestly didn't have an answer for him. But uh, yeah, honestly, I, I, I think with the triple crowns, I knew coming in they have to be consistent. But yeah. I was just a little too reserved in the first main. And yeah. uh, second main, I said. I'm either going to crash or, or whatever, but then people started <laughs> dominoing over, so I was like, well, um, I guess I guess we'll take the win. <laughs> nice, and you took the win, and then you end up with a third place overall on the night, so congratulations on that. But now, we're going into a big break. There's there's not anything happening for you 250 West Riders again till we get back to Oakland on February the 18th, so what are you going to do? Like, well, what's going to happen? You, you're a privateer. You just got up on the podium for the first time on your new team of star racing Yamaha after only what three rounds so far you get on the box it's pretty solid so well how you celebrate or what are you going to do during the off time here as the 250 East takeover next weekend in Houston yeah I mean I'm honestly probably just gonna chill um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm sure we'll still be riding and training. I think yeah. me, me and me and Levi are probably going to get pretty sketchy this week on the big boy bike. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Probably just honestly watching drag racing and chill. <laughs> nice. Oh, my God. I got to love that. I love that uh, these guys that start racing now are like, wait a minute. Those two, who gave them the 450s to go out and get sketchy? This is uh, probably not a great idea. I have a feeling they're going to change your plans now, Styles. But, Thank you for being honest and giving us a great answer, giving us some great racing tonight. Congratulations to you for getting up on the box. Congratulations to the whole team. It was great to see both you and Levi on the podium tonight. I know that was a big deal for them, getting those much-needed wins for that 250 West squad. So shout-out to you guys. Don't get too sketchy on the big boy bikes, and we will see you in Oakland, my man. I am Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big, big, big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. The injury reports are out for the Supercross. Who is in and who is out for racing. And in the 450s, there's two surprises. Marvin Muscan is still out with that injured wrist. I think it's worse than they're telling us. And then another injury that's way worse than they were telling us is Malcolm Stewart. Malcolm apparently set out last week, they said, because he had a crash and he wasn't ready for A2. And now we find out he really banged his knee up and is undergoing what will probably be season-ending knee surgery. So that is not... Not what you wanted to hear if you are a fan of Malcolm Stewart like we are here at the 49. He has been riding hard and trying to get up on the box and really working, working, working. And now he's going to have to wait till next year. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49. It is Stretch. Defender of manly manness. That's what I'm going to do. It's what I do. I defend America. I defend manly men everywhere. There's a load of crap, this story. This story, if you are a man with a penis that still claims to be a man, you should be infuriated by this story. If you are a man with a penis that thinks you're a woman, well then, whatever. This story's not for you. You go do you. And I'm going to defend me. This happened in Detroit, Michigan. We got a lot going on out of Michigan. So imagine this guy. His name is D'Angelo Smith. 
and he gets an angry call from his wife, and she's like, we better talk. You better get your ass home, and she's fired up. And he's like, whoa, 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 what happened? He's like, oh, no, she found my porn collection. No, that's not what happened. No, 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 that is not what happened to Mr. D'Angelo Smith. A letter came in the mail from the court. And she's like, why is he getting a court? He didn't tell me he got a ticket. What's this about? So she opens it. Well, guess what happened? When she opened it up inside, she found a little note. A little note came from the court. And it said, you're the father of a baby. And we're going to garnish your wages. And we're going to take some child support from you. Uh-oh. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. He's married. He's got two kids. He's living at home. He's got a happy family. This is a home-wrecking letter to come to the house. I don't know how they found this out, but the lady that filed the court papers against him, she's a stripper from Detroit. Oh, man. You got a pregnant stripper that had a baby. She says, you're the daddy. And the court says, you got to pay. And that's it. That's all the proof they need. That guy, D'Angelo Smith, he knocked me up. So we sent him a letter. So we garnished his wages. So we got a hearing. He's now like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not me. This is not me. I never met this person. I don't know who this person is. I don't know when this alleged incident happened, but I was not there. I am not the dude. I'm happily married with children. And I got a wife that's going to now stab me in my sleep because she thinks I knocked up a stripper. That's what happened. And that's all it takes. Man with penis guilty. That's how this story goes. And this story happens way more than you would think. And the fact that a woman, stripper, can just identify any random dude and say, this is the dude. Uh, and you are guilty. And they come after you with the full weight of the courts. And he's saying, this is not true, this is not true. And he's like, listen, I know this isn't true. And if it was even a chance of this being true, do you think I'd be standing here in front of all these cameras giving this press conference telling you how unfair and unjust this is? Here's what they find out. Lady goes to court. She says, I had a one-night stand with a dude. It was a tall African-American dude. Uh, Dark skin, black hair, brown eyes. You know what's funny? Uh, You just described all African-American dudes that aren't 6'1". If it's a short African-American dude, it would have been a short dude, dark skin, black hair, brown eyes. And I understand there's dark skin, light skin people. But that's the description. That right there. Oh, it was you. It was this guy. What was his name? D'Angelo Smith. Boom. You know what my real name is? Mike Roberts. Do you know how many Mike Roberts is there? There's 900 million. Every job I've ever had in my life, I've had to use like a hyphen of my name or like a partial like M. Roberts or whatever because for the company email, because there's always another one there. It's a common name. If some chick showed up and said, yeah, he's a big, tall uh, white guy named Mike Roberts, there's a chance I get a letter in the mail. There's a high probability this guy's not the dad because he went to court and the wife's like, oh, yeah, I'm going with you. And he's like, oh, God, here we go. So he puts on his suit, he gets dressed up, he goes down, he submits his DNA. They have a hearing. And the only way they can prove for sure, Maury Povich, that he is or is not the father, is that lady got to bring that baby, and that baby got to get swabbed. She's a no-show. But here's what's weird. He's like, all right, well, I'm going to sue her now. She didn't show up because she knows it's not true. Well, guess what? Guess what? 
guess what? Nope, that's not how it works. That's not how the courts are set up. They're like, oh, no, no, no. This is not about you. This is not about you, Mr. Smith. This is not about her, the floozy stripper that got knocked up in a one-night stand that identified you as the father. No, no, no. It's about that baby. And it's about the state not paying to raise that baby, so we need child support from somebody, and it's got to be you because she pointed the finger at you. So he's not off the hook. And they say, even though the mom didn't cooperate and didn't show up to have the baby tested, he's still on the hook. He's still the person of interest. And he is now forever attached to that child until that child turns 18 in legal documents. And the courts are going to continue to harass and come after him and try to garnish his wages for a child that they have not proven is his. He can't prove it's not his because the mom's not cooperating with the court, the lady that ID'd him. He says he's never met her or seen her in his life and he doesn't know who she is. She just looked like got a phone book and just went D'Angelo Smith. That, that's the guy right there. And this guy's on the hook for this kid. And believe me, I, I don't ever want to see a kid get ditched and I hate deadbeat dads and a-holes that don't have time with their kids or don't support their kids. I hate that. You, you should be a father. And even if you screwed up and knocked someone up, you should still be a father to that kid. Your life may be in shatters afterwards, but that's your problem. That's your fault. That's your bad behavior. Deal with your bad behavior. But that's this guy's trying to do the right thing. He's like, okay, I'm, it's not me. I'm going to go. I'm going to prove it. Now, they won't let him prove he's not the father. So here he is attached to it. They say until this kid turns 18, he's stuck. Now, they'll try to get the mom to bring the kid in a few more times. The state has a duty to figure out his finances because they're getting ready to start collecting money from this dude for a kid that's probably not his. And this guy's adamant at clearing his name. So if you have a penis, beware. If you got a common name, beware. If you happen to have a description that matches, well, many, many millions of other men, beware. I'm Stretch. It's the Big 49. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Tomorrow in Houston, when the gate drops at the Supercross for the very first race of the season for the 250 East, this is what the lineup's going to look like for Star Racing Yamaha. Nate Thrasher, who used to be number 49, is now number 29. He's going to be out there. Jordan Smith will also be out there, as well as making his pro debut, Danger Boy Deegan. That is right. Danger Boy raced at the Futures in Los Angeles last week during A2. He had a, like a sixth-place overall finish, and now it's a surprise announcement. Bam! Pro debut is next weekend in Houston. Hayden is lining up with the big boys, and we'll see what he could do aboard that Star Racing Yamaha. It's so weird that we've watched this kid grow up on the reality show The Deegans, and now we're going to get to see him make his pro debut aboard a star racing Yamaha. It's going to be exciting. Good luck to him. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, the story I'm about to tell you is true, and I couldn't make this crap up. So right now, there's some tension in the world. Russia's battling the Ukraine in an unprovoked attack, trying to seize their resources and their land and murdering their people. And many of the civilized world is stepping up and, and not helping them as much as they are helping them by giving them weapons to defend themselves. Lots and lots of weapons, billions of dollars alone from the United States. 
And because of that, Russia is pissed. And they're like, hey, you effers, we're just trying to take over this country. Mind your own business. And everybody's like, yeah, it's our job to help people, you a-holes. You go F yourself, Vladimir Putin. And so Pootie Poot's got his panties in a tiff. Remember when this all started, he sees that big lesbian NBA player, WNBA player, and he locked her up. And people are like, this is a travesty of just granted she was there breaking the law. She showed up in Russia with weed. And it was a big deal, and we had that dog and pony show to get her out, yet we left behind a great American patriot that really should have been freed. And, oh well. But we got the WNBA player out. Well, now we got a person over there, and I don't think anyone's going to try to get this person out. This person bought a ticket, flew to Russia. They got to Russia. Oh, I didn't mention where the, who they are. They're from New Jersey, and they're a vegan activist. So they got a plane. They fly to Russia. Uh, when she got to Russia, she went and bought a cow. She said the cow was going to be slaughtered for food. So she decided to take the cow on a tour and show it all the beautiful things in the country and in Russia that it was missing before. This cow is now her pet. It's a calf. And she decided, I'm going to take this cow to Red Square, and I'm going to walk it around on a leash and show it uh, Moscow's Red Square. You know, that's where right where the Kremlin is. That's right where it's like going to Washington, D.C. with a cow on a leash. Police start to walk around going, what the hell are you doing with a cow? At what point she's screaming in English, uh, animals are not food. Animals are not food. She's now doing a vegan protest in Red Square while walking with a cow on a leash. And... Guess what happened? They arrested her. She's an American. An American decided to fly to Russia, walk through Red Square with a cow on a leash, protesting eating meat. What the F? How stupid are you? Now, luckily, she's in town, and hopefully they keep her. I bet her cow's now being eaten by Russian soldiers in Ukraine. (laughs) Wow. They say it's not her first time she's gone to another country and created an uproar in her vegan activism. In 2019, she went to London, or at least which is a friend of the United States, and she adopted a pig and let it live with her, and she would take it to restaurants and stuff and bring it to the table and let it eat with her, eat vegan food with her. And she also let it take baths with her, which is a little weird, but yeah, she had got some controversy for that one as well. But now that she showed up in Red Square in communist Russia, and walked through Red Square with a cow on a leash screaming that animals are not food. She's in jail. She's also being held on a uh, 20,000 ruble fine, which I think is about $3. Eh. She was arrested. It was Tuesday in an unsanctioned protest. And she resisted arrest when they tried to take her and her cow. I hope they keep this idiot. I hope they lock her up and throw away the key. I bet even dumbass Joe Biden's not going to try to get this one out. He's like, there's no political upside of saving a vegan dumbass activist. I'll save that dope-smoking WNBA player because it looks good to my constituents. Yeah, she was African-American and a lesbian. I'm going to save her. That's for sure in my woke world. I'm not saving the vegan activist. No one likes them. (laughs) Man, this is crazy. It's crazy town. Up next, we're going to talk about, well, this song. Cocaine! Yeah, get ready to hear this song, because cocaine's coming. And Australia's my favorite places in the world. Yeah, story about cocaine. 
and somebody that had the same stretch retirement plan. We're going to talk about this next. It's the Big 4-9. Big 49, home of the Whopper. Talking about my penis. Big 4-9, it's a stretch show. I lied again. I said I was going to talk about cocaine, and then I gave you a Jed Lawrence interview. And this is not my going away music, but I figured I'm going to talk about the cocaine, sorry, so I may as well break it out. Go into the weekend. Little Eric Clapton on that ass. Get ready tomorrow. Don't forget, uh, we are here for Supercross coverage beginning at 5 p.m. on the Big 4-9. Moto Man and Jason. And I should probably be there. I'm hoping to be back by 5 p.m. I got a party to go to. I'm very important. And uh, I can go do very important things. And then I'm going to get back and watch the races. And I'll be there. Before it's over, I'll be there for sure. Right now, let's get into the cocaine. Sorry. Out of Australia's. Uh, there's an old lady in Australia's, and she's sitting behind bars now. You know why? She was slaying a cocaine. 82 years old. 82 years old. And she was going to have a retirement plan. She's from Adelaide, western suburbs. And there was a police investigation, and they raided her house and found $3.2 million of cocaine. Her Flinders Park home was raided on Wednesday. She had a 30-year-old there, too. I don't know if that was her boy toy or what, because she was freaking Scarface. She was trying to import eight kilos of Coke so she could sling it, because that was her retirement plan. She's going to be a drug lord. I'm like, this lady listens to the Big 49. Shout out, Grandma. We're going to get you out of this. We're going to fight the powers. Yeah, she's been released on bail. She's scheduled to appear in court April 12th. Say $3.2 million of cocaine was going to be distributed into the community by this old lady. They're trying to stop the dangerous flow of illicit drugs into South Australia. You got this one, but the next grandma, she'll get she'll get some through. See, I'm studying all this as I plan. I'm like, if things don't start going my way financially, Big 49's going to be a front for a cocaine slinging. I told you I'm going to do it, too. You got to stop me. I'll tell you how. It's like a football play. I'm, I'm that kind of football coach. I'm going to run the ball to the right. I'm going to power down. Stop me. That's how I'm going to do. Here's how I'm going to do. We got the Honda 70. It's really souped up to a 125, so don't play. I'm Moto on there with his giant Ninja Turtle backpack that we use for broadcast. I'm going to drive him right down through the border on his little dirt bike. We're using a Honda 70 hoop to, uh, scooped up to a 125 because it gets better gas mileage. I'm about the environment. And I'm gonna get down there, and then Moto's gonna pack that backpack filled with cocaine. And then he's gonna ride like the wind. He's gonna ride like the wind back to the East Valley of Los Angeles, all using trails. He's gonna cut through the desert for a while, and then he's gonna cut up into the mountains, and he's gonna ride the trails, and he's gonna ride the mountains all the way down, all the way down through San Bernardino County, through LA County. And he's going to come down Angeles Crest Highway on his little 70. And then pop it at the studios where he is then going to distribute the kilos and kilos of cocaine that we smuggle into this country. That's what's going to happen. That's my plan. Now I'm watching all these people go down. All these people get rousted. I'm like, man, this plan's risky. I don't want to go to jail. The food's not good. I'll be bad. I'm going to go to jail and not get good food. 
We had good food in jail, I might consider it. And a big, uh, large penis uh, cellmate named Bubba. But no, that's probably not what's going to happen. So I'm weighing it out. Right now, the, 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 the cons are outweighing the pros at this point on that one. But we're going to keep juggling. Got to see what happens. Got to do what you got to do. Got to survive. Got to rubbing two nickels together. Trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents like Tupac. That's what we're doing. Life is hard out here on the streets. Life is hard out here for a pimp. Bitches be walking around talking shiz. Yeah. You know. So that's what we're doing. I'm going to get out of here, work on this plan some more, find a way to perfect it so I don't go down like the 82-year-old grandma in Australia's. Shout out to you, grannies. Keep doing your thing. You do you. You want to smuggle kilos, you smuggle kilos. They put you in jail for the rest of your life. What's that, two, three years? It's not that bad. You can do hard time. She'll get it. She won't get out, but she'll be all right. All right. I'm going to come back tomorrow with Motoman and Jason. Do some Supercross coverage. Until then, God bless you all. God bless the United States of America. At least the parts of the United States of America that aren't lying to us and telling us there's Chinese weather balloons flying over Montana that they can't shoot down because they'll land on people. Ah, man. Uh, big announcement coming on the show Monday. Big announcement about the stretch show coming on Monday. Goodbye. Goodbye.